0: In the wake of a long and terrible war, our story awakens. With a future that is challenged by evil forces and tempered by powerful magic, a world struggles to find its destiny, a destiny which you now find yourself a part of, as the prophecy has foretold. These are the savage tales of Eberron, now settle in and prepare yourself for the thrilling adventures of our brave crew as they seek to make their own fate on this week's episode of Mourners of
1: Lazar. Good evening, everybody. I'm Kevin and I'll be playing Rascal.
0: I'm Michael and
1: I'll be playing Torland.
2: Yeah, I'm Ernesto and I will be playing Truco. And I'm
3: Dungeon Master Philip. Welcome to Savage Tales of Eberron, the Mourners of Lazar campaign. Thank you all for listening in. You've made it so far, we are in for so our background question tonight for everybody here. Oh, and Ellie who's playing Dana is out this week. She'll be back be returning next week. And so for the background question, describe an event from your life that had such a huge impact on you that it actually changed the direction that your life took.
1: Me for Ruskell, it was I was 17 at the time. And I was uh, drinking in a little bar called the Spirited Goose. Uh, it's on the south shore of Metrol, and uh, a couple of uh, blue-jacketed Sky Knights come in. Don't know why, don't know what they are doing, but they didn't at least back then. And I wasn't a big fan of Knights back then. See, I don't tell a whole lot of people about this, but uh, the war took my father. And uh, I saw Knights as a symbol of that conflict and that war. And there were, after several drinks, words exchanged, and words became blows, and, well, they were knights, and I got my ass handed to me rightly. When I woke up a little bit later, the old man of the group says that he asked around about who I was, and then he revealed that he'd served alongside my father. He made a real compelling argument that I should go and join the Sky Knights. So he was looking for a squire, and that's that's what put me on this path. i in a sky knight.
0: Nice. So you didn't manage to end him rightly, did you?
1: No, no. If if anything, <laughs> if anything, he ended my face against the table pretty rightly.
0: They're these like old swordsmanship manuscripts where they have these diagrams of the fencing poses and a little the text that's written there in per- perfect calligraphy is end him rightly. I've seen them on some like swordsmanship YouTube videos. Specifically to end
1: someone rightly is to use the quions, the, the guard of the sword, and use that as your, your weapon of choice. Interesting.
0: Well... Or myself back when towards the end of the war I was a prisoner of war along the western border of Seir in a prison camp and for a long time then I had been on within myself a bit of a destructive path you see. A in captivity, well it was harsh but it was fair. It was war after all. There were opportunities to work Earnings could be sent via Neutral Orion or Gundarak roots back to one's family. And, well, I, I tried to take advantage of that as much as I could. And the food wasn't terrible. There was enough nutrition that sickness was at least less uncommon than even some of the brellish prisons that I had heard about back home. And, of course, you know, while beatings did occur, but looking back, those receiving them did deserve them. And... I certainly was a recipient myself from time to time. The issue came that, well, after 70 years of servitude, in the Brelish army, I had uh, I had been firmly entrenched in my beliefs. To fight that long after all, you know, one has to give up some sort of emotion, uh, some sort of humanity, I suppose. Perhaps see one's enemies with a lack of humanity. One is to slay one's foes. And so initially in that Siren prison camp, I took every opportunity to make a small, petty victory over my captors and to try and fight back like it was some sort of duty that I had. And it continued on like that for some time. But then I met Brewflir, son of Grorin. He was an old Dwarven soothsayer Clanless, but accepted in many settlements in Breland, he had been on an, an skaldga, a journey to like my Skeldga, but taken later in life. While well, when war came to him, and the sirhens, the Sirens mistook him for an arcanist instead of a bard. Brufir showed me the pursuit of music. He showed me how words could have power, even how to calm one's mind something i am still working on he showed me that i needed that dearly or that uh, down this path if i continued i'd never see my family again and so that's the tale of how i became or i mean i can't really consider myself one yet but a tail spinner and uh, eventually that was what helped me overcome my my pride and ego and, and reach out and send a letter to someone I hadn't contacted in a very long time who was a Syrian by the name of Ricard Moreno, the grandson of a man that I swore an oath to very long ago. All
2: right, It's a... Uh... It's a really interesting thing to to hear you both because, I mean, on one on one side, Roscoe, the the impact that it had is for him to join to to be who he is, right? To, to join the the army, right? To some extent, and and for for Torland to to understand, to value, and and to go through the ways of being a bard, right? But for for Truco, if I get into into character a bit. One of the things that impacted him the most was a situation that took him away from the the path that he mainly was taking in life, which was thievery, right? And and just just not being the greatest or the goodest of the persons on the troll. And, and that situation, which at one point I was thinking was the one that brought him into a ship to sail to the sea and and in that way learn the ways of being a sailor, but that is just a consequence of something like that is prior and, th- this, and a situation in which he had no to get into that ship, he had no decision to make there because it was uh, of pure survival, but a previous decision that he had a decision to make and he take uh, one was when he was bring upon the, the option or the possibility to join to join pack team in Metrol. A situation came upon where he tried to uh, steal from Novel, which was guarded by other uh, skillful shifters, which did manage to catch Truco in his on his guard. And uh, upon, the, upon the, the situation in which Trukov still got to display some of, some of what he learned on the streets, he got the attention of this noble in, in Metrol and got offered this option to be part of, of a team, part of something, something for which he wasn't, it wasn't something to be a possibility for him up to that point. He was just—he was just 15, and and just accepting his life as uh, someone that was a scavenging and tries to sur- to survive, and he could. There was some comfort in that, in still trying to survive, still by himself, somewhat sometimes with the help of others, but mainly by himself. Just even though it was. Um, there was some hardships and there was some conflicts and, and, and problems to keep living by that, but that situation, there was some comfort there, there was some yeah, there was some something to be accustomed to, some, something that was familiar to him, but he still got to take the decision after also, let's say, being entrolled by the skills of the other shipsters that took him and, and caught him Which he was surprised by, in more ways than one, I -I -I would say. He got to decide to be part of that, to join the Has Has Hack, sorry, the organization team, and and just learn new skills and became more agile and just and to get to know other shifters, with, he hasn't had that much of an opportunity before because he he was parentless due to the war, and even though he could hope. To have gone for the familiar decision of just keep being a thief and keep surviving, he took that the option to discover more, and that what that to some extent was somewhat of a domino effect that brought him into the sea much later. But there was a, there was an impact, definitely, definitely, in all that.
3: Oh, well, excellent! I believe Russ has a recap from last week.
1: Ooh. Here's what I know. It's back to what might pass as normal on the ship. No storms, no crab hunting, just ship work. Fish guts down in the galley, plies Dana with stories and drink, but she wants Concabar to help her win at the gambling tables. They go off and have a discussion. She's a bit too pure to ask him direct to help her cheat, but I think the gnome's taken to her. Some kind of understanding is reached. Meanwhile, I'm running messages twixt the officers, and everywhere I go, there's Mr. LeGras coming down on me hard, harder than normal, and threatening me with a lash. Come evening, I corner Aretta, the half work I beat at Hodlob, and I just ask her if she knows what's up. I don't know. Wasn't smart. I don't think she hates me, but I forget sometimes that she's still a cloud reaver. Well, Dana didn't get her big win at the dice table, but she broke even. I found her afterwards and told her that uh, in my running messages, I think I saw the ship's sorcerer and ship's artificer poring over maps in a room beneath uh, the the Hustle, and we were both chuckling, figuring it'd be a good job for Truca to break in there if we need that information, but uh, Lord know, or Sovereigns know that he'd probably steal something in there if we sent him in. I told Dana I felt like Legra was coming down on me hard, I don't know why. Night passes, it's next day. I'm off to repairs while Dana's back in the galley, and their talk goes to LeGras. Fishgut seems to think she's so angry she don't even know why she's angry. Still, no one volunteers to ask questions about LeGras. It's just the way it is. And maybe that's all there is to it. Sun rises, pirates steal, Mr. LeGras is angry. Still, Dana needs money. So it's back to the gambling table for her in the evening. Arm-wrestling, Storm Reaver style. Glass shards on the table, somebody's leaving bloody-handed. Dana starts out the night going up against Slippery Sill, and they bring each other again to a draw. And then it's my turn. See, Cloud Reaver's arm-wrestled barehanded, and I could see it was giving Dana pause. Bare-hand contact we come from? It's not a thing you do lightly. So, I sit down. If someone's going to suffer that indignity, might as well not suffer it alone as I see it besides woman like her don't gamble if she don't got something she needs to gain best I can give her is an honest shot and I had some extra coin in my pocket and once you know it she puts my hand to the glass honest shot honest win can't ask for anything more fortunately Miss Quinn's right there nearby she patched me up what was needed Dana bless her soul tried to give me the money back but I refused then she asked me to walk with her instead I was right you know, she did have something she needed—a tago knife, a true Siren artifact given to her by her commanding officer. <laughs> I only chuckle because that's what happened to me too, but that's another story. It turns out that wasn't the only thing we had in common. See, Dana goes into this story about some battle on the Karn front back in '93. Things are going bad. There's undead coming out of the woods. There's fire. And then here come these hippogriff knights with a hot drop, grab-and-go evac. This lieutenant of hers, the one gave her the knife, he's pinned down by a bone knight farther up in the front. And things are not looking good. Till some idiot knight pulls a rough dismount, drops off from the sky, falling off the back of their hippogriff, lands right on top of him, blocks the rest of the advance with a wall of flame. See, I knew that last part. Because I was there. I was that idiot. Anyways. Dana tells me it's this guy that I saved, give her this knife. Yeah, that tracks. She's a soup of emotion at this point and excuses herself. I wait for the rest of the crew to go to sleep, and, and I want to head up to that map room and go look around, or at least outside of it. See, the, the door's locked. The handle's in a weird position, not like the way they got it during the day. Nah. No one sounds like they're inside, and nothing else screams trap quite like that. Look, I'm not risking my le- neck to get in there. That's all I need is to give Mr. Legrave reason to vent that building ire of hers. So I wave off. And next morning, right around roll call, call comes out. sails
0: on the horizon. And that's where we are. Somebody better put a uh, Neo Morricone soundtrack on.
2: Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, I was like, please. See if those are royalty We need free. more of we uh, need like a separate thing where, like, Ross just, like, tells a story of everything, you know, or any story of any kind, with some Uh, cowboys background music. Do tumbleweeds exist (laughs) in them,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's probably some whales breaching right at the time, right? Right, right,
1: right. You know, I always always imagine that's kind of, like, what what, uh, living spells are like, because they're just, like, tumbleweeds, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) <laughs> evocation spells rolling throughout the Mornland.
3: <laughs> I, I gave you a penny for that recap yeah
1: you know, thank,
3: thank you Well yeah. this sir especially doing it all from first person so uh, something of note that is relevant now since we have truco and Torlin here you know and you all might have exchanged notes a little bit all three of you notice that both master scourge and mr lagra have where they've been like unfriendly before, they're kind of becoming almost, I mean, they're becoming downright unpleasant towards all of you. Thank you for the reminder. I'll finish this thought. So you're all kind of experiencing, you know, particularly for Mr. Lagra. Mr. Lagra has, you know, for the past couple of weeks, she doesn't involve herself much with the day-to-day kind of stuff. That's Master Scourge's bailiwick, right? But she has like, she seems to have spoken out sometimes towards towards you at various times during the day, being very critical and whatnot. So all three of you have noticed that. So it's not something that's exclusive to Russ. And before we go further with that, I was just reminded. So about glory, I mentioned this last session, I'll go over for you two. I mean, normally you get glory from telling tales of the stuff that you did, but you also get some kind of default glory for just certain actions and certain things that happen. And so far you all have, I am letting you kind of collect some glory because you have done some things on the ship that are noteworthy that certainly has talked about amongst the crew and will likely be talked about when you get to shore. All right. First one was two events mainly I gave glory for. One was for the fight that you guys survived the second day when you got jumped, especially how much, how, how well you guys handled yourselves. Was kind of spoken about. And then the other main one was for saving Gifford tips. for that craziness of even trying to save somebody in a storm. That's definitely get, getting you guys talked about. And then I was noticed, um, reminded that I forget who it was, but somebody at the time played uh, an adventure card that like double, you know, increased the repute that she got from doing a good deed after that. So... I made that double the glory that you would have gotten for saving Kiffer Tips. So, Truco, you end up getting seven glory. And I didn't mention it at the time, Torlin, you'll get eight glory, right? You get an extra one for how crazy you were during that fight. I mean, you took down half the guys in just a crazy bloody rage. So, everybody certainly talked about that fight, but they would have had more words when they speak about you. So, if I haven't put that on your, Guys' character sheets, you can do that now.
2: Uh, where will be registering? Re- it's, registering there? Sorry.
3: It's oh, under the first,
2: it it's under
3: the traits section of the character sheet. Under additional stats, there's one that says glory.
2: Oh, glory. I see it. Ah,
0: that. Seven. There you go. So I put that as eight.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and you can remove that level of fatigue, Torlin. You got okay, a couple man. nights sleep. I can't remember what it's from, but you've, you've had, uh,
0: I think, Gibbon's uh, right. The drinking contest, probably.
3: And so, yeah, there's there's sails on the horizon. Everybody's thrown into continuing to work because it's far off in the horizon, right? It will be some time before you can catch the ship. And you all know, it's not that hard to tell. You you guys have gone off into, you know, the Lazar Sea, the Sea of Rage. You know, just kind of heading east towards Sorlona. Looking for some prey. And so you guys are out in open sea in, and the seas get kinda of rough during this time. And so what do we got here? Master Scourge just shouts shouts at you, Truco. He's just like <clears throat> get on working the lines on the deck. Put your and put your back into it this time.
2: I will. Don't you worry for me. I, I mean, know I know that you do. I know that you, you are a warrior for me. Scourge. He
3: he just like, he was like turning to Rust, I gave it him he a smirk. stops and looks back at you, kind of puts his hand up, and he goes just say a few more words. My whip's hungry tonight.
2: I got to keep him back and just go to land work.
3: He looks at you, Rust, and goes go down below decks and start take care of some of the rats down there. Right, catching. I, uh... Torlin, work with John Jesudic, and get some repairs going. Try and repair some of the damage from the last storm that we were in, if we're to catch this ship.
0: I, hmm. aye, aye. And what about, what sort of preparations will be underway for boarding action afterwards? <clears throat> if is there work should should to so be, be done later in the day?
3: If there is, you'll be told. When you need to know, get to work, dwarf. So you all are sent off. You can see the captain's up on the quarter deck, kind of very intent and alive and and active at this point, working with some of the officers up there.
2: Before starting, I would like to, as uh, Ross is, uh, I don't know, catching all, or getting all the supplies to then go to catch rats, I will approach to him and, hey, are you all right? i don't know if i was participant but i believe you had a that
1: uh, that arm wrestling match what's quite interesting russ has got a little bandage wrapped around his his right hand well actually no his hand is gloved at this point so it might look a little bit bigger than normal but russell take off said glove and show the bandage go miss quinn Miss Quinn patched me up just fine she's the best she really is yeah did you do you guys gain anything from that? Uh, with some, there were some good bets on it? Ms. Dana seemed to, seems to be working towards getting something. I think she might need a little bit more help in that regard, but there's something dear to her that uh, sounds like the Quartermaster might have in, in her possession. Oh, all right. And, and
2: he's not willing to give it, I assume. Or he is, but it is too costly
1: to do so. That would be my guess. See... Uh, I don't know if you've been able to, to get your things back, but... I did. And I show him,
2: like, my the new coat that I have, which is it's a really gold, old, rusty
1: coat, but it's still Truco's coat. So it's like, can I just, like, show it off a bit? I did notice. It's, uh, it's nice threads, but I think Dana is having a little bit more time accommodating herself to the needs of a pirate vessel, if you catch my meaning. I see. I see. I mean we can always go for the
2: more pirate approach and maybe not ask the Quirkmaster and take it unwillingly, but that's that would be my approach,
1: certainly. Dana doesn't seem like well, Miss Dana doesn't seem like that kinda person would do she might not even be particularly good at that element of the pirating. So I think she's been trying to go around and build funding and to her credit. She ain't got a small amount of it, but this this item of hers is pretty dear, and it looks pretty valuable. At least, most of them do, so. Right, right. I mean, I don't know.
2: I'm not. I know that, but yeah, we can just give him the money, and if it's something that is really expensive, maybe it is, maybe having the money and the item would be the best option. I don't know, I'm a, I'm not really the smartest, but I'm really quick, and you are a smart. So, we both could make s- something up with that. I don't we know, should, just an idea. I don't know, should I ask just, her.
1: I, I don't know what exactly it is, or I, I don't, There's a lot of things down there in that Quartermaster's control. I don't know what specifically. She'd have to point it out to me to, to figure out what it is that it was, but you should talk to her if you get a chance. And she might be open to the idea of a little
2: i don't know how you say she might she might or she will it's the
1: one of the two i don't know that's a that's a question i've only known miss dana for as long as you have been what a week now i have my assumptions but the best person to go and, and and ask about that would be the lady herself I guess you're right. I just wanted to maybe give her a surprise.
2: He, she was, he, she was having like, she has been nice so far towards me, so
1: I wanted to. If you wanted to something. give her a surprise, find the most is- expensive looking knife in the quartermaster's hold. That's probably what she's looking for. All right. That's a good hint. I mean, I, if there are multiple expensive knives, I trust if you have the opportunity to get one of them, you will have the opportunity to get them all and one of them will be the right answer.
2: I mean I do love knives. And if they are good looking, even more so. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm, I will think I' will think on it. And I was just just telling you maybe you can help as well. Just saying I'm again, I'm not good at strategizing or stuff, but I my that would be the good old approach for me.
3: Both of you give me a performance check.
2: Right? I was I was about to say, like, I was about to leave. But but anyway. Performance. performance. Sorry, the uh,
1: answer to that question is yes. Russ does have his tago knife on him.
2: Oh, sorry, a re uh, That That wasn't my intention. Oh. I had an eight. Oh, fuck. I'm, Someone saw the eight. I, I saw the I eight. Did. Okay, sorry. Can I use the eight? <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean... I got a three, fun. so I'm going to throw a Benny at this one. And there's a four on the wild die, and I'm going to hold that.
2: Okay. I know why that's a failure, but... Yeah, no, there's
3: the eight. Oh. So you guys managed to, like, put on a good enough show to act like you're working to to avoid the scrutiny of Master Scourge before you all separate? I was just I mentioning about the tago yeah. knife. You could you could show Truco your tago tago knife to show him what one looks like.
1: I could. Yeah, yeah. Russ That's, will. Well, not yeah. Russ will actually produce his own tago knife. They're just they're highly individual, but yeah. Russ pulls out a, a a knife.
3: They're individual, but they would be of a similar style. Sure. Yeah. More or less. Yeah.
1: It's it a, a very, look. it's a very pretty looking knife. There is a about a, uh, one to one and a half foot thin silver chain connected to the pommel, and at the end of that chain is a, a larger ring, and currently attached to it is a, a symbol of the face of an eagle or a hippogriff because they have the same face, and other than that, it just kind of looks very, very pretty. All right.
3: Okay. Is there any particular I saw your message. Is there any daytime
1: action in particular anybody is interested in doing today? Just I'm working diligently. Okay. I am. I'm gonna sneak.
2: Trick and sneak.
3: what do you, what are you looking to? So uh, you're looking to
2: investigate an area of the. Uh, yes. Sneak. Make a normal check for job's daily task, then make a stealth check to avoid detection, followed by a notice check to briefly explore one area of the ship. In my case, it would be to try to explore the Quartermaster's place. Given what I already know, which is that she takes a kind of a break at about 3 PM or something. I remember you telling me that based on a previous role that I did of notice, trying to notice in a pattern in her workshift work shift. and trying okay. to remembering that try to sneak into the quartermaster place and try to search of course for the knife
3: Okay, and are you interested in taking any particular daytime action Torlan? You're muted
0: I think what happens is he works diligently but at some point during his shift or towards the tail end, Dana does come up to him and Dana tells him some information regarding Ruskell about Ruskell having, in the past, you know, basically what happened last session saving Maz and helping her out at the gambling table and that she isn't really entire why, entirely sure why he did what he did with the ungloving of the hand and arm wrestling. Yeah. Uh, But he, he's informed of that and Ellie told me that that's what she wanted Dana to do, so I'm still working diligently.
3: Okay, and so everybody can give me yeah. everybody can give me their checks for the day. Torland, that'll be either athletics, boating, or repair. And we got Russ will either be stealth or survival. Truco, looking for either athletics or boating, followed I... by vigor check.
2: Okay. Athletics, 10. And Vigor Check, 4.
3: Okay. That's a raise of new duty. Is that a success? What did Torland
0: get? Torland has a 6. With okay. a plus 1.
3: That's a success. Would Russ get? A
1: 6. Looking for survival or stealth.
3: Um, yeah, survival or I'm going to say
1: survival is probably, yeah. Uh, Looks like a four on the wild die. We'll hold that.
3: Okay. That would have been a five because you did have a plus one because you're working diligently. You are correct. All right. Truco, give me a stealth check.
2: All right. Stealth check. That is an eight.
3: Okay. So you managed to find a time. Uh, You've been on the ship enough and heard from Ellie talking enough about how much uh, Grok hangs out with fish guts and chats with fish guts. That you're able to, you know, kind of later on in the afternoon sneak in towards the quarters masters in the quartermaster's area while Grok is not there. So I th- think there you go. On a map if you there. So what do you what are you looking to do? I mean there's the door that's that's there that's closed in this quartermaster section. She Grok does not appear to be there.
2: Alright. As you're Uh, you're sneaking in. I will, is there uh, a way to enter, like, I'm guessing uh, what I was imagining at the beginning, but I don't know if I'm right, is that there was some kind of a stand, and and there was maybe a way to pass the stand, or if there is just a door and it's locked, I will try to pick up the lock to enter.
3: Uh, you, you actually, you go up and try the door, and it's unlocked.
2: Maybe she isn't. As a good of a quartermaster as people may think, so I will, as a entering, I will try to go to the a larger box or. Uh, well, I will say, so you have an opportunity here to kind of steal through.
3: Yes, yeah. steal from one of the chests. Right. Um, if you're looking for her, there, there is certainly the large chest and whatnot, but I will say, you would quite easily notice that. When you got your stuff back, um, she actually took it out of a fairly, she didn't take it out of that nice chest. She took it out of, it was a locked chest, but it was, you know, a fairly nondescript, not, you know, it's not one of the heavier duty looking chests when uh, you got your gear back from her.
2: Okay, so I will approach that one.
3: Okay. Sure, it is is locked. You want to go ahead and uh, pick it?
2: Yes, uh, I have my thieves' tools, theory's tools, or lock picking tools. I don't know how to call it. Uh, thieves' tools. There we go. The first one. I don't know if I get in advantage or is the straight roll of theory. Yes, if I, I guess if I there to- is a
3: modifier from the difficulty of the lock, that's not usually something I would say beforehand.
2: Okay, so I a straight roll and you tell me.
3: Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll apply any modifiers. It's kind of like if there's penalties on your stealth check, I may not know, let you know because you're not going to know what they would are would be
2: in a moment. I will keep that six. <laughs> mm. As you were thinking heavily? Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> I I am so tentative. Yeah, just just one. Just one Benny. Let's see what happens. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen, yeah. No, it's a fight, so I would give the six.
3: Okay, so you got a six, so you work it, and these locks aren't much different than the locks that you're given on the footlockers that you guys have, which right. is a which is a fairly cheap run-of-the-mill lock, right? So there's not much problem picking this. So you hear the, the successful little snick of it, kind of clicks, and you take it off, and you open up the chest, and yeah, you wouldn't necessarily know the equipment from other people and stuff like that, but in here you see various—you see little, little bundles of equipment. kind of best way to describe it. Let's see—you you find it here. Ah, uh, give me, give me notice check.
2: Okay. That is. I'm rolling so well tonight. I don't know why. Uh, that's a fifteen. Fifteen hey. on the notice check.
3: So this this
2: all right? This little wooden
3: locker kind of thing is only partially filled with stuff there's some empty space in here right so it's kind of pretty easy
2: as as a side note i roll as i did a self-roll of intelligence to see if i remember the shape or the form of the knife and i roll a 10.
1: so
3: i was
2: i was running really well that gone
3: so there's so there's not a ton in here so it's easy to kind of like quickly sift through everything you do see somebody's like kind of like standard gear of some stuff you see there's a bunch of different flasks. You know, one flask looks like it has, you know, some some greenish liquid in it. That's kind of three flasks. Seems to kind of got some greenish liquid that's bubbling slightly. There's six flasks that are they're not they're You can't see them, but they're labeled alchemist fire. There's there's a bunch of sets of thieves tools, interestingly enough in here. But you already have your set. There's this battered iron box that's in here. There's... And there seems to be a couple bundles of people gear and you kind of shift them real quick. And 15 notice, check. you you find a tango knife very easily.
2: I have... Uh, Truco has the same reaction as me, which is like like a cat, you know, when you have a, like a toy, like and you, the, the pupils just go like... like just really <laughs> big, just like looking at all of this. And first off, I will take the, the, the tango knife. Thank you. And I will ask if the alchemy thingies are, uh, large enough or small enough to carry them without being noticed.
3: One, you could probably easily stash, maybe two. All six, they're going to get noticed.
2: Okay, so I would take the. Would you say like a green flask, a flask with a green substance, and then there was another flask with alchemy fire, there's right?
3: Three, three flasks with this green liquid in it, very right. tightly sealed, wax sealed stopper jar, okay. and then six flasks labeled with alchemist spells. So there's okay. a total of nine.
2: I will take one of each. So, okay, so one of the green, the green stuff, and the alchemy fire. Okay. And the tago knife. And what else did you mention? There's uh, a
3: battered iron box. There's there's numerous sets of these tools. Uh, you know, there's like a coil of rope and a grappling hook. Right. There's a
2: flute. Oh, a grappling hook. And now I have, I don't m- have much. Yeah. What did you mention? That?
3: I was about to say, if you're looking for stuff to pocket, the grappling hook is not like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. So this. Easy. Is to three things. I know my time is short, so I will just uh, two flask and the knife, and I will. Stealthily try to keep, uh, lock the box again. Try to okay. Close it up, lock it again, and just stealthily go away.
3: Sure. All right. So, Turlin, we'll certainly say at some point in time, you're working on down in the storage deck doing some repairs with Jaundiced Sudak, who has been, he is, he, he is being miserably petty with you. And just bitter. He, he is certainly one of
0: the guys. That yes, yes, I heard thing. you the first time.
3: And he's being nasty. But there, you find a, a certain point in time after Dana comes uh, and speaks, finds you out, speaks to you a little bit. But there's a point in time where where Russ is down here as well, catching catching Wrath. So you both, you find yourself both down here.
0: Can someone link me the crew document real quick? So Darlin goes and, and approaches Russ, And so we're in the bilge? No, not
3: down in the bilge. You're down in where Albert is. The cargo hold.
0: Okay, the cargo hold. All right, so uh, searching for uh, planks in need of repair, I suppose, or or patching on the sealant, uh, Torland comes over to where Roos is while he's working, and mm, Dana told me about what you did yesterday. Helping with that handshake thing, I, I admit I'd never really understood the the culture behind that. But I wanted to thank you on her behalf.
1: You don't have to thank me.
0: She, she won her money fair and square. Well, I mean, you're to see him as well. You don't exactly know Dana very well. Isn't it a strange thing to be shaking her hand? If my understanding of the custom is correct skin to skin contact
1: bare hand to bare hand is it's normally reserved for trusted friends associates confidants and uh, well I mean there's four of us Syrians on this ship you're right I don't know y'all very well but
0: so why'd you do it then
1: because it looked like she needed something I don't know but it was obviously something that was weighing on her mind and Figure if we're gonna all walk through this in dignity, might as well do it together. Look, there, there wasn't that much to it. It was, it's a, it's a silly tradition from a people who were hundreds, thousands of miles away from most of whom buried beneath whatever the hell happened, whatever in Khyber happened that day.
0: No, you're right. I mean. It's important to carry on those those traditions then.
1: And these people aren't that, they don't know that, so.
0: Well, it is some comfort of some comfort to me, I suppose. You and Truco I, I have been a little bit reticent to trust you so willy nilly. I know that Dana, I'm not sure if she trusts you, but it seems like with this, if she doesn't now, she soon will. I seem you've met Dwarves before. Handful. You, a, do you know much about are, us? Well,
1: I'm, they trained our Air Corps, so worked with them a few times.
0: Ah, the Gorodin?
1: I think they might have been. Uh, either that or certainly ancestors, relatives, descendants of Gorodin, but everybody knows some of the best air combatant flyers
0: come from the Maraer holds. Well, that's good. I just wanted to make sure that your uh, basis of comparison for most dwarves is in these Cloud Reavers. Most of us are a lot more careful with what bonds we make and even more careful about keeping them. We wouldn't just stab a brother in the back over a pouch of sovereigns like some of these Cloud Reavers.
1: I try not to look too much at, at what race anybody is. It's like you said, it's more about the company you keep and Cloud Reaver Dwarf is a Cloud Reaver Dwarf and Roarhold Dwarf is Roarhold you
0: know? hmm. It's probably a better way of
1: looking at it It's like we're Sirin and we don't like touching bare hands It's not something you're going to find in Breland or Ondare or Carnath. Their definition of bare hand probably involves mostly bones I guess
0: what I'm trying to circle around to is that well, it's not usually easy for me to, to trust someone, but I find myself in need of trust.
1: It'll be hard to find on this ship,
0: so you kind of got to latch on to the first thing that you get. Uh, uh, look, I, I'm just gonna come right out and see it. I want, I want you on our side. I'm going to watch your back and I expect that you'll watch my back. I can. Is that a fair assumption? Certainly. That's good. You should know this, though. If I place my trust in you, you are still, as of yet, still a bit of a stranger to me. I expect, I hope that maybe that'll change in the future, but just don't ever, ever turn on me or my family. That means Dana. If you did, if you do, well, you better have killed me first. Because if I survive, it won't just be me who comes calling on that feud. Right. It'll be my remaining son, Doth, when he learns of the betrayal, and he'll carry on that quarrel even if you perish before that debt is settled. And if you have any children... That feud will carry on to them. You see what I'm saying?
1: I do. I'm just wondering if I need like a a, a list of well I'm basically I don't plan on, on betraying Dana but if I do then should I know who all I need to kill
0: first? <laughs> That's a reasonable question. That's a reasonable question.
1: I'll, I'll let you think about that one because that might it sounds like that might take a little bit of time so you don't have to answer that now there's no plans to betray dana currently at the moment
0: don't try and make a fool of me boy
1: i have no i have seen you in the combat i have no intention i've already been made fool of plenty times on this ship
0: we're both any one of us could turn on each other Put a word in Mr. Lagra's ear, and that would be the end of it. We're good.
1: We're I get good. the sense you're not about to, and I know I'm not.
0: Oh, no, no. I mean, it's in my best interest, and I think that you know that. I've got it out for the other dwarves, and, well, vice versa. I don't know if even turning your or Truco or Dana and
1: It wouldn't serve anyone. It wouldn't serve any of us. It
0: wouldn't. So here's the thing. Uh, Now that we've got that little... little subject out of the way, I find myself needing to unburden myself about uh, something that has happened and something that I'm concerned about. I've seen the way that the officers are looking at us and I wonder if I wouldn't be benefited from having somebody else who uh, knows what I've done and can help look out for signs of the tide turning on me. That dwarf Norwal, it was me who threw him over the rail into the sea. Oh, I wish you hadn't told me that. But you did. I did. I'm worried now that Mr. Lagra suspects me, and I might need your help. If if that turns out there are more signs of that being the case, I might need your help throwing off suspicion.
1: I'm no liar. I mean, I did once, but I'm not real good at it, if I'm being honest. I I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody. I have no reason to, but... I, I think I see what you're saying and what you're asking for. And listen, Lagrave's coming down on all of us.
0: I thought it was just me. I don't really understand this "not lying to pirates" thing. Must be, must be something that I don't know. It is strange.
1: It's, it's not that I won't. It's just that I'm not good at it.
0: Ah, fair enough.
1: I mean, I'll. It. I don't think any. No one has mentioned. Narwhal, since uh, your beautiful elegy, dirge, I don't know uh, what specifically you'd call it but I don't know if that's a shipboard custom that you just don't talk about the the, the past and, and drowned that way but I don't even know if that's that's really what LeGras is angry about, she just seems to be angry and everyone I've talked to about it seems to just think that that's just the way she might be
0: you might be safe, you might be covered well, I'll keep an eye out for you, and you keep an eye out for me. Deal. That, that sounds like a plan. And seen.
3: So, well, I'm giving you guys pennies for that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Thank you. <laughs> a beautiful elegy. I'm like, it wasn't beautiful.
3: And I did give, I gave Russ an extra benny. I forget the first comment because then it was overshadowed by the. So how many people am I going to have to kill?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you guys want to pick apart Torlin and, and my, you know, playing FM, you'll have a field day.
3: <laughs> no, that was great. So, later towards the afternoon, the sky is uh, darkening, the seas are becoming quite rough. The sails that you guys have followed have gotten closer, but not that close. Truco and Torlin can give me notice checks.
0: All right. uh, okay. Yeah, so I, I can't, I can't keep Dexter. up with, with Kevin. He's he's way smarter than me. A notice check. Let's see.
2: 11. For
0: two that is a 4. I'll keep it.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, Torlin, you don't get to spend that much time up above Dex during the day. I mean, there's a couple things that you're doing. Well, first off, you know, it's kind of like when you come back to John Sudak, who's who, as far as anybody can tell, is mute because she doesn't talk at all. Right. But when she you, you come back, you just see her, she's kind of like leering at you with this kind of menacing smile. And then just kinda of like turns aside. But at one point when you do get back up to Dex, you can tell that the officers are uh,
0: Can I like I don't I don't really know what to say and you haven't really done a conversation or anything, but like can I get some sort of sense about what this uh, character is on about? She obviously knows something more than I do. Give me another notice check. Or like, talk to her and try and make her slip up a notice. Six.
3: Um, I mean, she's a little hard to read because she, she doesn't ever speak. You haven't heard her speak at all since you've been on the ship. But she's got like, you've never gotten the sense that she's, she's liked you at all, especially from the, the, the beating that second day that you guys delivered with her. She has been unfriendly to you, downright hostile. Much of the time,
0: I think Torlin would be actually probably a little bit intimidated by the the mute, like
3: yeah, giving you, him you this glare, this,
0: like a knowing.
3: Yeah, you definitely get the sense that she's like, like plotting may not be the right word, but she she's she seems to have like something up her sleeve with you, which you have no idea what it is necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. But you also do know, I'd say you've probably been enough on the ship. To, Completed a couple notice checks there that she is, she seems to be on Master Scourge's good side. Yeah, but you know, uh, uh, when you're up on deck, you notice that the officers are kind of agitated. You know, there seems to be some high intensity up on the quarter deck. Master Scourge is a bit more pent up and spiteful. Truco, you've been up on the deck most of the day kind of seeing you know, hearing a bit more interaction with the captain and everything like that, despite, you know, going to work and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff that the captain definitely seems very agitated that they're with the the turning of the weather and that you guys aren't catching up to the ship quick enough. The captain seems to be very upset, kind of afraid that maybe the weather might turn and the prey is going to get away, right? And, you know, as a result, Master Scourge has been like on you quite a bit during the day to, You know, provide as much sail as possible. And then during the afternoon, like, there's a very menacing squall kind of appears. And you see the ship that you're chasing kind of turns and goes into it, you know, well before you guys have caught it. And the sea is, you all are kind of starting to get a sense of, you're getting a feel for that, how it's called the Sea of Rage, right? It's kind of, you know, even though the weather is not bad, the seas are are pretty rough, and the waves are pretty tall. And, you know, come evening time, you guys still haven't caught it, and the captain's, you can kind of tell Truco that the captain's kind of debating whether or not to chase
2: the ship into the storm or not. Uh, he, where is, so the captain is out in the in the, the deck? The... Yeah, uh, it's kind of unusual.
3: I mean, the captain's out a, a fair bit during the day, but certainly not usually like all day. She spends time below, you know, either in the map room or in her Quarters, Whatnot, not depths often enough. Uh, she has been out on the quarter deck, either piloting the ship herself or involved in stuff pretty much all day. And you can tell that there's some discussion going on with the officers of whether they should continue to give chase or not.
2: All right, can I hear the conversation clearly or something like something at the distance and not much?
3: Not explicitly, you know, because okay. you do have to work and-
2: Right, uh, yeah, right.
3: You were distracted for a little bit.
2: Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> um,
3: but you you can catch snippets and, and catch the gist that there is... You almost got three raises. Or two raises. You almost got two raises. No, you did get two raises. No, you got one raise. Oh, I was eleven. Sorry. I mean, you've, you've got a little bit that there is some concern about the existing damage to the ship. And the damage happened in the previous storm from, you know, three or four days. As well as just the, the weather and the shipper general and give me another notice notice check
2: right is the captain and the and the officials officers approachable or they don't seem like they're like talking to themselves i guess and, like uh, or uh, talking into themselves right
3: there has been nothing up to this entire point of you being on the ship that makes you think any of the officers. yeah are of course i mean of
2: course, of <laughs> with, course. with the uh, exception
3: it. of baby fish guts and cutthroat Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: They they can be approachable. Nobody else, in any normal person's mind, would think they're approachable. How? True. What Truco thinks?
2: Yeah, exactly. That could be, be a different story. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's he's uh, mad, but not that mad. Not that kind of. He's not suicidal. Let's let's get it yeah. to that point.
3: Got a five hundred notice check. I mean, most all you can tell is you can definitely kind of get you get the sense that. Prince Rockface is... You can't hear the conversation from what you can tell. You can definitely sense that she seems to be antsy for a prize because she hasn't... I mean, you guys have been here on two weeks and she hasn't gotten a prize yet, right? But also weighing the risks of continuing pursuit. And she's not happy about having to make that kind of choice. All right. So, Bloody Hour comes as, as darkness begins to fall and... Work kind of continues, although it's not quite as diligent as in the previous storm, because you guys certainly aren't at in that harsh weather. But you can definitely tell that tonight is going to be a very like subdued night, like the normal entertainment activities isn't going to be happening. There's still going to be some some folks on duty and bloody hour is being p- postponed till tomorrow. However, Russ and Torlin are being called out specifically for laziness and that you'll be getting six lashes upon the par for laziness. And you would notice at that time, Torlin, you can see Jaundice is just like kind of like leering at you with like silent
0: glee. Ah, now do the chickens come home to roost. I yes. feel like the punishment is increased. Six is a lot. I mean I'm a dwarf, I can take it, but
3: You're not you're you're not wrong. So Truco, you're assigned to do some continue to do some more line work into the evening, and Russ, you're assigned to do some rope work. Russ and Torlin, you're both kind of assigned to do some rope work during the evening.
1: If if I find a moment
2: in the in the bloody hour, I will go to my little like the box that it has my belongings, and I will just keep the the three things that I got: uh, the
0: knife, the and the two flasks. Mm-hmm. But Bloody Hour is a debt to be paid, is that right?
3: Yep, for tonight it is. Is there anything you guys are going to try and do for this evening? I think you're muted there,
1: Russ. No, not tonight. Okay. Not for Truco. If
0: Torlin gets a chance, he still doesn't know that the tago knife is secured, or I guess Truco presumes that it is, he has gotten the right knife. So he is going to try and sneak down to the lockers and and filch around and and see if any of these rather paltry locker locks are able to be opened and, and belonging searched through for coinage or things that he can barter with.
3: Sure. Okay. Give me a stealth check.
0: I mean, unless Supply. unless you guys decide that you're including Torlin in the plan, but. That's up to you.
2: You mean in the plan of getting the the knife?
0: Uh, yeah, because you can just say that, like, you told Torland that that happened off screen if you want. Anyways, I gotta Benny uh, this. It's too late. Yeah, I'm no, making no, the rolls. No, no, no. Yes, I was <laughs> mentioning it. Yeah, yeah.
2: J- just to clarify, yeah, uh, Truco didn't mention that he got the knife, neither okay. to Russ nor Dana nor Tordland.
0: Yeah. Very good. Uh, so that's a four on the stealth.
2: Okay,
3: uh, four
2: on the stealth. Yeah, I mean that's probably
3: a. a I'm thinking that's a good benchmark because you guys are in enough conversation with each other. And there's certainly usually during the evening, there's enough time. I think it's probably a good benchmark to be more of like what information aren't you sharing with each other? Sure. It makes more sense. Like in this case, that you wouldn't have told anybody that you stole a knife.
0: And then is it a calls for a notice plus one?
3: No, that's...
0: Or is it a thievery? You're looking to steal something, aren't you? I'm looking looking through these foot lockers that have been described as being not so secure. Yeah. Hoping that I get a bonus because...
3: So you're, you're looking to go into the quartermasters. Barely under
0: untrained. No, no, the, the crew foot lockers. The crew, yeah. Like the ones we sure. have.
3: Yeah. So you find an opportunity to kind of like duck duck beneath decks when and, and kind of go to a far side where nobody's at. You know, during the daytime, they're all kind of like shoved well, not even daytime, during all the time, they're all kind of like shoved against the, the hull of the ship and kind of secured down and latched down. Generally, that's more secure than a lock that's done. You would need a thievery check to break through uh, one of the chests. Okay. Are you
2: choosing randomly or any, any uh, criteria?
0: I'm just looking for stuff to steal and sell. Okay. If, yeah, I, I, would if assume I know... If I know who John Sudax is, I'll go for that one.
3: Okay. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna say you've been on the ship for you know two weeks, so you've been on long enough to kind of know whose lockers is whose. Yeah. Uh, so you can you could definitely like pick particular lo- particular chest to search through.
0: All right, um, let's let's hit these rolls here.
3: I need to...
0: It's my favorite skill, untrained. <laughs> That's going to be a Benny. Hit. That's going to be a Benny. Uh that was a 2. That did not sound like an ace. Nice. That's a going, 3 going up. Going more. All right. There's some sounds. That's an 8. Much better.
3: Where's my
0: Okay. Tomorrow then... when I come in with the money to buy the knife. <laughs> Where's the Tego knife?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's gonna success with the raise. It takes you a little bit, you know. You re- especially because you you don't have thieves' tools,
0: do you? No, no. Probably uh, not. I,
3: I will say at least like you know from your work today doing the repairs. You got a couple nails, and you know you're you're working at these locks because they're not.
0: Yeah, he would have planned this out. or been thinking about. They're it.
3: not anything special, right? You break into John, Des- John Sudak's locker and private roll.
0: Man, I need some less stock lock than that untrained roll. <laughs> Took four bennies. I'm looking for something here. I have a whole bunch of camping gear in my inventory, but nothing for actual RPG adventuring. <laughs> if we go backpacking, I'm good. Okay, here we go. That's a lot dice. That's a 54. Thank God it a was nine. a D100. DMs rolling unknown dice, save us.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> 54, What is happening
0: here? He's rolling out the sequence from Lost,
3: I, yeah, no, I'm just totaling it all up. So in Jaundice's locker, you find 54 sovereigns, nine galafars. A single agate, a couple hematites, and a vial of antitoxin.
0: He will leave. He will just take the gold and the silver. He doesn't want anything that's identifiable.
3: Okay. You can add uh, 54 sovereigns and nine Galiforce then. Right. Found a good locker to break into. <laughs>
0: That mute's been holding out on us. At the gambling table.
3: You know, and that's a, that's of course, you know, there's some some general clothes and whatnot in there, but you're
0: able to kind of close it, relatch it. Ooh, uh, is Torlin get... petty? No, nah, no. Nah. he leaves it, he's done.
3: <laughs> okay. And so you guys, you, you guys run it, in, go into the squall and kind of hit the squall. Vision, it's not nearly as bad of a storm as you guys hit before. But there's no lightning out. The the moons are obscured. Vision has really been reduced. The captain is still up on the quarter deck trying to pilot the ship and whatnot. And it's not looking good that you guys will catch the ship. You might be losing the ship in the storm. And you guys are relieved and end up going to sleep unless anybody's coming trying some midnight activities.
0: No, nothing. Needs his beauty sleep. (laughs)
3: and at that point we will take a I mean especially with a ship
0: battle coming on I think that uh, the soldier types would definitely be sleeping
3: I don't think you're wrong we'll take our mid-session break here at this point so morning time comes you guys get up for your morning meals your morning hardtack you know Neil's kind of stretching it. The sky is clear. The seas are still somewhat rough, but even though the skies are clear and there is no ship, no sails in sight. And you guys do seem to be heading in a different direction, back towards the Lazar rather than towards Sorlona.
0: Now, is this and... because of like wind changes or is it just like, Nope, oh, we're going to attack this way now, even though it doesn't make sense? Or are we still, or we're still chasing the ship, right?
3: You don't see any ships on the horizon. You don't see any sails on the horizon. Or anything. Now, I i mean, there's a couple different answers to that question, but the truthful answer for you guys as crewmates is the officers have never given you any sort of information. So there's certainly, you would suspect that there's been decisions made, but you haven't been privy to, as to the why.
0: Well, hmm. you can still make, make observations as to what's happening, though.
3: Yeah, you can go ahead and give me a, give me a notice, check.
0: Uh, 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 so I guess the the question would be like, is is it consistent with like wind directions, or does something not quite add up? A sixteen. That many dice rolled Oh my god. 50, yeah. Torlin has a connection with uh, <laughs> boldre here.
3: So well, let's see so what you noticed
0: and stuff like that. Whatever the sovereign of the hunt is.
3: That's a success with three raises. So I'd say, you notice up on top of the ship, right? Up as you're going about, you know, so so the weather's cleared, but when you went to bed, uh, vision was very hard. You see Prince Brockface is, she's pretty sour this morning, kind of yelling at some of the officers, other officers. You notice actually that Master Scourge has a black eye. So you, you kind of gather enough from, from what you hear and stuff that there was probably some, that the ship was lost in the storm at night. So the prey, was, the prey was lost, right? So it evaded the Cloud Reavers. Prince Rockface was, seems very kind of antsy and upset. You get the impression from just, you know, what little snippets that you're hearing that um, being wintertime out here on the Sea of Rage, there's just not that many ships sailing it. And it's becoming too much of a risk being out here, especially with the ship damaged. So they're heading back to a bit calmer season for winter. And so you definitely get the sense that it's just largely more about just the praise of the moss and frustration of the captain.
2: All right. Things seems to be boiling here, even though we are in winter. In terms of tension, I would say. Just speaking out loud, like maybe in the, like, before getting up in the morning. Or, or just getting up in the deck and seeing the situation.
3: Okay, so morning time comes, and you three are gathered along with... Kanakbar, Crimson Cog, and Sandara. And Master Scourge just looks at you. Master Scourge, you know, especially you'd notice this, Torland. Master Scourge is kind of like a mixture of...
0: Torland is just staring at the black eye, but he knows better than to speak up about it.
3: Yeah, you notice that, that Master Scourge is kind of like... Master Scourge is definitely very kind of like angry and bitter at the same time. He's even... he's a bit more sheepish towards the other officers. Kind of, you definitely get the sense that the black eye might be more from some sort of rebuke or scolding that he got, and he's kind of su- suffering that. And the effect comes after you, but he actually <clears throat> looks at you all and just says, <clears throat> you're in Master Crine's hands today. And Rarius Crine comes forward, who's this just big hulking brute of a female orc. You all know her, know her as the master gunner on the ship. And she just looks at you and goes, All right, you sorry, Sods. Time to turn you into some pirates. It's time to practice boarding today.
2: Oh, exciting.
3: And she just kind of looks at you and goes, Don't too ex- don't get too excited. You're probably oh, all going to fall into the sea and drown it.
2: Sorry, scott. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't want to get in the side of you today. And I just so, grin at him.
3: <clears throat> you will learn this exercise. You will take care of this. The important aspects of boarding, effective use of the grappling, and climbing the lines. So you're to get onto the dinghy, sail out about 40 feet, and then each of you in turn are gonna practice launching the rope, launching a grappling hook, grappling the ship, and then climb along the ship and get on here. Is that understood?
0: Sounds like fun. Oh, yeah, I
3: I'm not the captain. <laughs> she kind of like sticks it, sticks a finger at you.
0: I haven't had my cup of grog uh, yet. I don't know. There's no coffee oh. on board the ship. And Torlin's just looking around and he's like thinking to himself, "Yeah, they've they haven't put any of the uh, Cloud reavers among us. Seems a little suspect."
3: Not necessarily. What you what you certainly notice is everybody here are all very new. Uh, are the new crew members on? Ah, ship. the yeah.
0: They're uh, a little green. You all,
3: yeah, you're all green on the ship. So you guys go out into the dinghy, right? I'll load it up, and you're being asked two at a time. Although we'll roll this all at once. Well, no. So I have you three: Crimson Cog, Conic Bar, and Sindara. So the six of you. So two groups of three. We're going to be doing this as a dramatic task. Oh right? yeah! So that'll like determine how successful you are, and chuckling the grappling hook, and and shimming, tying the then tying the line off onto the dinghy, and then shimming along the rope to get back to the uh, stormer.
0: Dorlin right. actually has his own grappling hook in his inventory. How nice is that? Yeah,
3: is that something that you're carrying all
0: the time? Though being on the ship, though. I mean, it's in his locker. <laughs>
1: Uh, Russ um, is going to go up to Sandara and be like you got this just stay near me
3: she she kind of she she nods her head that's se- that would seem to imply that you're going to go with Sandara huh
0: yeah what's old Kankabar looking like i mean he's Torland's probably caught on that he's probably the greenest right
2: give me a notice check
0: i don't know what sort of physical capability he has but
3: i mean he- he, he is a rigger.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: So he's got some skill climbing and whatnot and stuff like that. You have definitely kind of seen enough of, of Bar to know that you, you haven't had enough interaction with him to really kind of tell or ask directly, but you have kind of heard and sensed enough that he puts on a good show. He puts on airs of being a sailor and a pirate when you've seen enough from him to tell that he probably doesn't completely know everything he's doing, so there's definitely, some lack of truth in what he is, what he expresses about his capabilities. So, other than that, you're actually not sure what his true capabilities are. But he's clearly mm. hasn't been, uh, he hasn't been on a ship like you guys have been on ships.
0: Yeah, uh, Dana's probably mentioned their interchanges once or twice.
3: Yeah. Since we are, let's forget this part before I up the dramatic task. Um, we are on because, groups,
0: right? You mentioned that.
3: Yeah, two groups of three. Unless you wanted to do it, I was going to keep it simple and have you three go first.
2: Oh, right. So we are a, we are a group. All of, all of us three.
3: Yeah, we can welcome okay. it. Unless you're going to make a strong fight for something else. No, no, no. I'm throwing out that to everybody. I think I complicated
1: a- things by by having Russ approach Sandara, but... Oh, uh, yeah.
2: And I i was about to mention like, I didn't have that conversation with bar about helping him but uh, I don't know if that might influence things I don't know uh, well, whenever, you want like Russ, you, you will approach Sandara like in a way that would imply that you should be in your group or
1: if the DM if it, if it makes the dramatic task easier to keep us the player characters in one group and just yeah, have I, us roll yeah then no, actually, well, I will go well, for I, that
3: yeah I'll run the... so you're gonna stick with Sandara. we'll leave it at yeah. that So you're in a different group. However, we'll run the dramatic task, kind of all at the same time. Okay, won't really matter. You'll just be in, you know, the second group. Rarius Krine is out on the dinghy with you guys, kind of sitting there, kind of instructing you on how to do it. Krine is definitely a harsh Taskmaster, definitely skilled at a job, but she is also not, she's not like an uncooperative ass, like Master Scourge is, right? She's just harsh but she is actually legitimately like trying to teach you and instruct you all on how to do this and how to accomplish this, right? She's trying to give you good instruction on throwing the grapple, how to throw the grapple, best places to target kind of on a ship, you know, things like that before this all starts. All right, just,
1: just for our listeners' benefit, uh, Riaris Crying is the master gunner of okay. the ship.
2: Cool. Yeah.
1: Since we and... have this lovely spreadsheet of the, the crew, might be a good way to convey that information.
3: Did mention that at first, I think.
1: I miss the Master Gunner. That's my bad, then.
3: No worries. You know, she tends to, you know, she's definitely full-blooded orc, got some nice, you know, incisor, lower incisor teeth going on. She tends to wear uh, blackened, she tends to blacken around her eyes with charcoal or something else of that nature. She tends to have on, which gives her kind of even more of a fearsome look. And so... So I've got everybody in the tracker, then. This will be a four-round dramatic task, and you'll need six successes to complete it. Yeah, do I want to go with that? I, th- I think so. You said four rounds? Yeah, or... let me... Yeah, six Six tokens and four rounds. We'll go with that. All right. So, <clears throat> everybody got dealt cards. Truco's originally got a five, which gives you different cards, so you got to... Do you want to keep the five of spades or the seven of clubs?
2: this uh, out because that's a glove uh no no i would go for the three. the three was seven? right yeah five yeah a five sorry
3: nine of diamonds or king of hearts for russ king of hearts please okay so it looks like russ's group is going first uh, torland and truco and uh conic bar in the second group and we'll say russ and sandara and crimson cog in the first group
1: right hell yeah hi yeah
3: so russ so unless you make a strong argument otherwise, this is pretty much going to be athletics rolls the whole time because you're going to be throwing the grappling hook, tying down the grappling hook down, and then climbing along the grappling
1: hook. I've got a D6 in athletics, and I think we're gonna we're gonna ride that as far as okay. we can.
3: Sure. So let's see your uh, first toss there,
1: Russ. <clears throat> That's woo, that was almost real bad. <laughs> that was a two and a one. We're gonna Benny that first roll. For a four and we're gonna hold on to that and be happy with it.
3: <laughs> okay. So you're able to kinda of like throw off throw off your grappling hook and, and get it attached and whatnot. And then as the second group goes, Torland's up Torland's up first, or Truco's goes up first, I should say.
2: Okay. Athletics, right? I was about to ask, how does uh, rope monkey affect into this dramatic task? This have could have any effect
0: or no. So we have yes, our yes, own really separate grappling hook we're throwing or is it all
3: Each of you have have a different grappling hook. So there's essentially so there's two groups of threes. So each of you are practicing throwing the line, tying sure. it down, climbing along it.
2: Okay. So the uh, rope monkey says, allow the a character on the exterior of the ship to move to any other exposed part of the ship by swinging from the rigging. In this case, it won't be swinging from the rigging. It would be throwing the grappling hooks. So oh, rope I
3: monkey know. come into play while you're climbing on the rope, but not for yeah. throwing it.
0: Ex- yeah, that would make total sense. So straight Why rope. Why don't back. you let me throw that thing? I've got experience, and I'm much stronger than you, too.
3: It's not for you to do it. All of you are doing this. All of you are practicing. Don't try and rescue them, Dwarf. Let them do their work. Let them learn their lesson.
0: All right. I guess oh, I sorry. spoke too I, loudly. I had a self... <laughs> I had a How can thing he hear us? From, is he on the dinghy too?
3: Yeah, <laughs> Crane is on the dinghy with you guys and was doing some instruction with you guys on the dinghy.
2: Yeah, Benny. Benny, uh, I had a three and that's my better. That's an eight.
3: Okay, that's good for two successes for Truco
2: as you successfully, kind of throw your line out. So I'm like swinging the, the uh, grappling hook. As it, thanks for the help, uh, dwarf. But just join it,
0: <laughs> it. I think it will be necessary.
2: Uh, I'll give you penny for
3: that because that's definitely that overconfidence coming into play there.
0: Torlin's just like dumbfounded, like, darn it, <laughs> got it again. Torlin, it's up to you. All right, toss in a grapple. Get that athletics. That's a fail. I'm not going to be showed up. I got going to send that all the way over to the other side of the ship. That's a four. Maybe not. No, no that's good enough to to hook up on the ship.
3: Um, I don't know if you all can see off to the side here. Um, tracking nope. your success tokens.
0: Yeah, I can't.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, issue with the the.
3: Yeah, might be. Oh, uh, no a Queen or nine of spades? No club. Uh, We'll do the queen. And Toril has got a jack of diamonds. truco has got an eight of clubs. Does anybody want a different card? Nope.
0: Cool. Uh, get that complication. So, a Russ. Another athletic. give us another athletics roll.
1: Let's do it. That's a pair of threes, and we're absolutely going to Benny that. For a five and a four, whoa. I'll throw one more Benny at it for fun. There's an ace for a nine, and I will keep that. So you you begin to tie down your your rope, and it all seems
3: pretty secure and stuff like that, and you're getting ready to, you just start kind of like getting on your rope and start shimming up. As Sadar's kind of working, she had a little bit more trouble um, securing the rope the first time, had to, had to launch it a second time. You were the first one on the rope, and your group, though, climbing starting to shimmy
0: across Torlin these are all athletics right yeah unless you can make a strong argument for something else no that sounds about right that's a four
3: okay good for another success as you secure your line uh into the dinghy to be able to shimmy on up Truco
2: right athletics roll I will say I don't know what the clubs what complication will bring but I will I just roll and then see or uh, just roll you have a you have a minus 2 you roll because of the minus complication two. there you go um, and, and I've already got I've I've already got the complication in mind okay that's two which I will Benny that's a big better that's uh 14 14
3: all right so as you start shimmying across the rope barefoot shams Manheim, giffer Tibbs, and tilly and then all out there and they 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 start chucking stuff at you you know rotten apple fish heads you know I'm gonna manage to throw a bucket out you know all just trying to trying to knock you off the rope as you're going over and they're yelling at you and you go just like hey you don't know what you're doing you stupid cat you're not gonna get over here
2: okay can I can I shout something as well I mean Sure, of course. Okay. <laughs> no, I would say like as the I am, because I I got a, two races right, so I will say like as I am kind of trying eluding these things, I would say oh this certainly is it's a challenging uh, training here. I will guess as much tr- challenge it will be for Scorch to try this since he lack of that vision with without an eye trying to throw this grappling hook oh! would certainly be difficult as I'm just <laughs> going up the rope
3: all right well i'm just gonna have to i don't know the something.
2: consequences
1: of that oh, but no. yeah just,
3: we're about to find I out just, i
1: just wanted to say it i'll give you a penny for boldness then comes with three lashes <laughs> yeah
0: no master scourge won't hear about that uh.
3: as you go up master scourge comes to the gunwales and actually throws a knife at you um <laughs> misses as you're going because you're kind of hauling ass and stuff like that because you're gonna get some lashes for talking back i know
2: truco's got a jack of club i'm guessing maybe i do master's courage is gonna be your man.
3: complication for next round
2: yeah it not does nar- narratively make sense so i will keep that
3: uh, russ has either got a king of spades or an ace of spades like the ace sure why not yeah those spades are both about the eh? same yeah yeah love these new cards for the Savage pathfinder deck
1: but, uh, so savage pathfinder deck, yeah, yeah. I,
2: we're this
3: we're the cards from the savage pathfinder deck in
1: amazing. Yeah, I got nothing better to do, so we're gonna go with athletics, and that's an ace on my trait die. That's a second ace on the trait die for a fifteen, and we're gonna hold it. Oh,
3: That's a success with two raises. So same thing actually happens to you with minus master scourge because. At least at this point, somebody's not talking back. Gosh, that's good for th- success with two raises. That gives you your three successes. So you just like get on the rope and you just boom, just start, you know, hand over hand and slide yourself up. And, and you do get hit with a couple, a couple little things on your way up, but nothing hits you significantly that Oh, Russ is trained for anything.
1: this. I, you know, uh, this is something similar to what Russ has done in hippogriff training. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. But you got your six successes,
3: so you have uh, successfully shimmy back up to the deck and made it there just fine.
1: What about, because Russ was concerned about the others in his crew, what about the folks coming behind him?
3: I was just wondering that myself. Uh, so Crimson Cog is your new group, and a mm-hmm.
1: I think Russ would be the first up, because he's the soldier of the crew, and especially once it becomes clear there's going to be hurling of things, he's going to tank
3: so Dara is actually doing surprisingly well fantastic good for her crimson cog has already fallen into the water once being hit by a uh, fish head square on the face while he was going up he's scowled he's gone back to the boat and you know he's trying again and so truco you are up next
2: the connect bar look In terms of
3: his progress he's got the rope attached he's 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 trying to get up a bit you clearly of the three you like almost reached the ship while and Comic Bar are back at the dinghy, still trying to get situated to get going.
2: All right. Uh, yeah, Trigger will focus on himself for the moment. And, uh, yeah, roll an athletics check, right? With a uh, minus two.
3: Minus two? Because now you clearly have the Wrath of Master Scourge on you.
2: Right. And that is a three, which I will Benny. Let's see. <gasps> that was a close one. I've Yeah. Now. Just so you know, you
3: do. You've got five successes. This is round three. You have one more round to get another success. Still.
2: All right. Yeah, I, I was planning on doing something else in the next turn, so I, okay. I will still try to aim for uh, success here and uh, reroll with a many, and that's a bit better. That's a five. That's bad. That's
3: good for your f- final success. You make it to the deck, Master Scourge. Already, just like cuffs you in the air. And he just looks... <coughs> and he's just like, six lashes come bloody hour.
2: I, I wink at him. <laughs> if and he
3: can he see goes, me from... Go and, Torlan.
0: Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Got no left. And it's an 11. Nice. Anything that's good for... Uh,
3: success with the race. So you get up on the rope, you are... Everybody's... They're throwing... You know, Barefoot Shams and Manheim and Gifford Tips and 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 Tilly—they're all—they're all chucking stuff at you. You've got a good
0: grip, though. Things are kind of bouncing off you. Nothing's dislodged you yet. I'll never forget this. I'll tell my sons and my sons' sons about this. You better <laughs> all stop. And with that, you hear behind you uh, crying you
3: out, "Don't you dare stop! Make them work for it!" So, and for the next round, Russ. Ten of Hearts or Ace of Diamonds? Ace, please. And Truco's got the Ten of Diamonds and Seven of Spades for Torling. No oh, jokers with
1: all those cards drawn. Yeah, g- we gotta be getting close. It's coming. Part of me is I like, did, I want to Benny this. This, this is the, land, the last round.
3: This is the last round. Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: What are you gonna be I'm trying gonna to Benny. do this round, Russ? We're
1: just finishing the cl- well. You've made it to deck. You're done. Oh, okay. Then I have no. I have to support. Sindar is doing well. Crimson Cog is in, has gone in the drink a couple times, or like once or twice, right? Yeah. Then I would like to support Crimson Cog. I doubt they would let me physically stop them from throwing stuff at him, even though yeah, it, in a boarding action- uh, It is
3: clear that they have been instructed by crime to sure. do this.
1: So I don't really know how a support action, I don't really know how Russ would support Crimson Cog here, other than uh, moral support but that feels kind of hollow but sure let's uh, let's go for it russ has had a little bit more military training than i personally have so maybe he can shout like the right thing the hand over hand or use your weight this way something along those lines what does that sound like that sounds like persuasion all right let's go with the persuasion check or it could be intimidation either way i got an ace on the wild eye which will bring us to a seven and i'm happy with that okay i think his intimidation is on the same dice anyways really yeah your
3: encouragement actually helps crimson cog make it make it over up to the side you can see he's we can also flavor it a little bit like you can tell crimson cog has his name crimson because he gets so angry so often and his face turns red (laughs) <laughs> when he gets angry and whatnot so of course his first spill into the drink he's just like he's just cussing and yelling and swearing and stuff like that and you shouting out some instructions and some calming words to him to help him kind of refocus and, and get out of his anger a little bit and get more to the task at hand and he he makes it up to the dock into the ship just from, just fine sandara oh no. Sindara takes sandara takes a bottle right to the face and ends up you know, she ends up trying again, but you can tell she's she's bleeding profusely from her nose, and
1: I feel real bad now.
3: Yeah, I gotta say, with the with that crit fail, she she actually fails on three separate attempts to to make it across, and crime oh. kind of gives up on her, and she she she's gonna get punished with six rope brashes
2: during Bloody Hour. Oh, uh, that is no you, good.
3: Yeah, which you guys know, it's it's much lighter than...
2: Than uh, the lashes, the normal the ones? Cat.
3: Yeah, it's Yeah, it's not a cat. It's actually just taking the uh, hefty part of the sealed end of rope and just kind of, like, lash, lashing it on the back. So it's kind of more... It's used more of like, an admonishment and an embarrassment to people without necessarily really kind of hurting them.
0: She's going to get some bruises.
3: And... Uh, so Truco, you are up next.
2: Okay, who's the most lacking from the two
0: of my group? Torlin still been struggling a little bit. <laughs> More than Kanakbar? Help the gnome he's smarter than me.
3: Huh? There, there you heard it from Torland.
0: Alright, alright. I know you can do it, the dwarf. I mean, you you certainly I'll, are. I'll give
3: you a penny for for that, you
2: know. I imagine, action.
0: Kodak yeah, Bar yeah, yeah. shots back like only by five inches, you know. Okay, so I'm
2: I'm guessing from this situation we can't directly help, or can we? Is, is, uh, there depends was any. On...
3: Now everybody's been instructed by crime that you're supposed to do this yourself, and right. even if you go into the drink, you try it again because you are expected to make it from the dinghy
2: right to the ship, you know, so, more or less unaided. So Truco doesn't have military expertise, so he can give uh, that well designed shout that uh, Ross made, but he probably knows a bit about Konakbar. And he knows maybe some of his desires, or maybe just projecting some of Truko's okay. desires into Konakbar. so he you will say something rigorous. like... You've worked together yeah, a lot. And he will say something like Hey, if you reach me the dwarf, I will give you money. I'll give you... Uh. Two galifors. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if that's any form of motivation. Sure. I mean, it sounds like persuasion
3: to me. Or are you intending but, uh, it as something else, huh?
2: No. I'm just to clarify. I'm definitely lying. I mean, I won't give him the the <laughs> money even if he wins. So I don't know if that comes as de- as deception.
0: He is as fickle as a cat.
2: But whatever you want. No. Then.
3: I'd say it's still persuasion. All right. You're trying to encourage him to come over, even if it is
2: a lie. Right,
0: right, right. Next, you're gonna be telling him you're gonna fetch him some wine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite nice. That's a ten. He's on both dice. Total of the ten. Cool. That's a He's a plus two then.
0: And Torlin. Hmm. All right. I'm gonna shout back at Riaris. Hey, you should keep on screaming her head off if you. Pop a blood vessel; it might mix with that charcoal mascara you're wearing. It'll be an improvement. <laughs> 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 Are we smoking today? All right, that's a four on the athletics. A spicy session tonight, you know? yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. This is your last round, Torlin. You do need two successes here in order oh. to succeed.
0: <laughs> that's why I was shouting out equipment so I could get a Betty. Let's see. I'm thinking. Uh, go give, for I'll an ace. It's
1: it pretty good. <laughs>
0: All right. The second one is still not good enough. I got one more, Benny. Let's waste it. Exact same number. Four and a three. Three fours. Four fours. Four four, four, fours. Jordan doesn't make it. And Riaris just cuts the rope and he falls in the water. No,
3: Riaris doesn't cut the rope. Riaris is at, at the other end, though, as soon as you kind of say that, though. And she reaches down to your line and just starts like, shaking it up and down while you're trying to go. Well, while, while the other folks on the on the ship are still trying to chuck they're still chucking stuff at you. Right? You end up going into into the drink. And let's well, say so you take five. So you do make it on your second attempt going through, but this time you're you're you go by yourself. So you do t- take on a level of fatigue from bumps and, bumps and bruises from the stuff that's thrown at you. Particularly the empty bottles that were thrown at you. Hmm. And
0: that was a tough one. Six and three rounds?
3: Six and four rounds. This ah. was the fourth round. Gotcha. Yeah, it was meant to be a little bit challenging. But y'all kinda of do it. Kinda. Of, it was interesting that you asked the question earlier about the practice for boarding and stuff like that, because and so evening time comes. And all three of you are getting six lashes tonight.
0: Third playoff. That's Russ and fatigue.
2: Get that as well. Yep,
0: yeah,
1: Russ yeah. got it for
2: oh for laziness.
3: For
1: laziness. Oh, talking with Truko. We postponed the. Or talking we, about Torlin. Oh my god.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Jaundice Jaundist. Sudak, apparently, communicated.
1: Ratted us out.
3: Ratted you two out. Yeah, everybody. Everybody, make straight bigger roll.
0: Not to worry, Rusko. I've already paid him back. preemptively. That's a four. Four, Truco. Bigger roll. Torlin fails with the three.
1: An ace on the wild dive for a seven.
3: All right. Russ and and Truco. Truco's kind of beginning to learn how to take his beatings.
2: He doesn't feel his back anymore. It's like... (laughs) He can really, like, kill all the nerves.
3: Torlin. Master Scourge man, manages to like hit you and just kind of like a couple of those spots that some of the things hit you in during the day's exercise. So they're staying extra special. So you take you take on a level of fatigue from bumps and bruises from the lashes. Mm. And I think this came up last session, didn't come up, yeah, it came up last session. One of the things I realized that was available, that I hadn't realized were available is Healing checks can be made on bumps and bruises, to take care of fatigue from the fatigue? bumps and bruises. Oh. If there's, if it's ends up as a success. Um, That's a nice feature, though. Yeah, we didn't didn't really realize that. I was rereading re- the rules and stuff and found that out. So certainly after you take your lashes, Torlin Sindara does come up to you and she's just like, "Would you, would you like me to take a look at that? Kind of look like it." Uh, did extra special tonight.
2: Did, did also took the Anna but that, those were like lighter lashes or they were like Yeah.
3: They were they were rope brashes. She didn't get All beat right. with uh, uh, the lash.
0: Right.
3: Her nose is a little bit skewed up though, and you know, there's still some dried blood on her
0: nose. Shouldn't you take care of yourself first? Or does that it is- not work that way? I'll I'll be fine. And we want to keep you healthy, you know, Sandara. You're, you're the best of us.
3: Uh, I appreciate that, but did you care for me to, to look at that?
0: Uh, I suppose so. Boom, double ace. Jesus. Nice. Oh, God. Total of 16.
3: Go Sandara.
0: Yeah, hey, Gosh. no death spiral. So I had uh, so, yeah. two levels of fatigue total there.
3: Yeah, they're from two separate things, so I'm kind of deciding. Yeah, so she takes care of both both levels, just kind of like doing some, some ointment kind of work and some kind of like uh, backdoor apothecary chiropractic work, you know, sticking her knee in your back and like twisting some arms and stuff like that, doing some weird stuff, but you come out of it feeling much better. And, you know, of course this evening, you know, after dinner time ends up with some of the normal pirate entertainment that's happened. Seems to be regular on the ship. It's not as subdu- subdued as it was last night since the chase is now off. Is there anything in particular anybody wanted to do, both either uh, as a nighttime action or some RP interaction?
0: Well, I think that Torland probably goes and, you know, talks to the others and has been like, I've got all this money! Do we have enough? For what? Uh, well, with, he talks to Dana at least, I don't know. I guess he doesn't assume that uh, he's she's brought the others into this, but Oh man, this is
1: messy. We we might just have to like flash back <laughs> the things. I have a feeling Dana's going to get her knife back at this point.
3: Well, we can make sure we can make sure not end this evening so at least Truco has time to speak to Dana. During um, this evening. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's I'll, just, I'll, We can we can say like um, that happens before and then. Let's just flashback it whatever when Ellie's here. Whatever. Right. Yeah. But I would certainly mention to the group. I mean, just the fact that the officers were quite in a weird state and, and the, the whole, like, frustration thing with the captain. And, uh, yeah, what's up with that? It's quite... I mean, I don't know if, how can benefit us in any way or form, given
0: our, maybe... I mean, unless intentions. we're going to start a mutiny right now, I don't think it really changes things. I mean, morale seems to be pretty low, right? Right? Yes, but well we're still aboard their ship.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean I was I was hoping for some I mean that was that was quite an interesting idea actually to to chase and to maybe call to maybe fight that other ship but it seems that we already lost it, right? I mean at least in the morning I I thought I thought we were keep
0: chasing it but it there's certainly nothing it the seem forest. like this is the most fearsome pirate ship in all of the principalities
2: yeah right like I got saw something different back in the back in the bar like hey we have like the best pirates ever we are like the most accomplishment yeah I, most, I heard I that
0: mean, uh, recruiting pitch too I mean yeah right I mean we, we were all
1: recruited right I mean I know I, oh, I, I, they just blacked me out to with huh? a blow to the back of the head in the alleyway I don't know what you all got really oh. really
0: Oh, that's that's
2: so. I got weird. a letter under my door. Yeah, I mean, I got a letter, and I like. like and, sounds and, and like
0: a
1: nice vacation.
2: Yeah, and I got an interview there. Like they were like asking me questions. Yeah, yeah. We, we oh, have you, like,
1: y'all are y'all are pulling my
2: leg. <laughs> Was it that that obvious? I mean, I I think, I mean, I would love to. <laughs> I mean, given the situation, the current situation, the, if we were making this up, they were absolutely lying to us. So, in terms of being a good pirate ship, again, I agree with you there, I don't know.
1: You have to wonder, now, I'm not the biggest engineer artificer in Eberron, but a ship of the repute of operating under THE Prince Mika Rockface and operating without an elemental ring, maybe there's something more to this ship that we don't know.
2: I mean, she certainly is really beating up these recent storms so what does you expect i mean if we don't get any place to stop and
0: repair it she won't give his his best her best i mean it seems to be adding up to it not being a ship as fast as the elemental galleon to me i don't know like Torlin would uh, we would all probably be able to make a comparison to previous ships we've been on with how fast it is at this point yeah i will say the same for
1: truco Russ doesn't know shit about elemental galleons. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because I think I have the highest arcana or whatever their equivalent spell or equivalent trait die is. Yeah. No,
2: Truco got only on ships that didn't have an elemental ring. So he wouldn't have any experience as well. So with comparing it with another
0: other normal normal ships. I okay. mean, Dorlan was alive for a long time, so it's probably happened at least once.
3: So, isn't there any uh, nighttime actions any of you want to do? And we'll we'll leave this evening open for some RP with everybody present at the start of next session.
2: I think
1: right. I know we we all kind of gave token lip service, but I think Russ is going to make sure that Sandara is okay. That was a crit fail. I mean, she took her lashes; she took him like a champ, but. Even if that's something that we just kind of hand wave off and go, all right, next scene. Does anybody else wanted to do anything in particular? I would say maybe at some
2: point in the evening. I don't know if Konakbar the, at the end got before Torlan or not or didn't.
3: No, to, uh, I did say <clears throat> so. Yeah, Konakbar just kind of come up and he's he's just like, uh, I think I'm owed two galafars.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, you, yeah, right 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 but first didn't we talk no, about- i heard that
0: too truco yeah you did add that to the uh, I, f- I thought I was the wine kind of that you owe me oh yeah that i mean wine. it was a promise
2: yeah. of course of course certainly but first i was interested because i, b- I believe i talked to conagbar at some point of playing a little card, ga- card game for him to maybe Teach, he, teach me his ways with the cards, and how does he dance with the deck? I don't know if maybe those two gallifors can become something more, can, can be the initial pot for something more interesting.
0: Don't you think? And maybe that wine can be involved too. Why is the skilled gambler teaching all his marks how to cheat?
3: Uh, I didn't hear Conigmar say yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know.
3: So, Conic Bar, with, with kind of like the twinkle in his eyes, he's just like,
2: <clears throat>
3: I'm not going to teach you my tricks, but I'm happy to take take your money from you.
2: <laughs> That's one way to do it.
3: So, you want to do some gambling tonight? Yes. Okay. You sit down, and we'll say uh, cards is going on tonight. So, how much are you looking to bet gambling?
2: I would say... Let's say uh three gallifors okay Init- initial. It, i don't know if, if that's like an initial bet or i it's like no, all that i'm betting
3: yeah just to keep kind of things moving. all right concise. Yeah, yes, sorry like, it's just uh, like a through a total of, for the whole evening all right. session that, that you're gonna be betting five. a total of
2: okay a total whatever. of five five gallifers
3: okay go ahead and make your gambling roll
2: all right can i In the gam that would will be a gambling role. Okay. If I would say like I will do some sleight of hand. Oh you wanna do some cheating?
3: Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Let me see.
0: I turned on Ruskull and just Dina tells me that if you want Concobar to play with the kid gloves on, well you have to be a female.
3: Okay, so in cheating you get to add plus two to your role.
2: Oh, in gambling? Yes. All right. I am not training gambling. Weirdly enough, because Truco is not good at gambling, but other things. So that would be a plus two. So that would be a, a straight four, I guess. In the D four, I mean, in the untrained. Two.
3: Just still add the plus two and just roll your untrained.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I will do that. And that is a four. I'm guessing it's the last roll of the night, so I will re-roll it with a betty. And that's a three, so I would keep the four. Okay. Oh, at the eight in gambling, that bastard.
3: conic bar rolls a six at first. I spent a penny. Gets a three. He spent another penny. He's upset because you didn't give him. You lied to him. Didn't give. Didn't give him his money. Still a six.
2: I probably will at the end. <laughs>
3: um. So it's actually Arzag, the hobgoblin, that actually takes the most during the evening by, by a significant margin. You do, however, you make roll, three, Arz, Arzag gets 10. So you actually, you don't do horrible, but you do make three Galifars off they the gambling for the evening. Yeah. Oh, nice.
2: Also, during, I don't know if I can do that right now, but I guess in that, I lost the opportunity, but to kind of focus on Konakvar, play of hands, if there is anything anything tricky, anything suspicious. Uh,
3: Go ahead and make a notice roll.
2: All right. And that's a five.
3: You didn't see him doing anything untoward. You didn't see him cheating so if he was he was certainly as good at, as you are or better all right did torland or Russ want to do anything for their nighttime action
0: i don't have anything on my mind no i'm good
3: okay well with that then um, i will, I will
2: just right. say i didn't, I, th- I would toss uh, the three i was yeah i was uh, the, the three gallifers that i want i will give it to connect to say thanks for playing
3: okay give me a uh, persuasion check
2: Persuasion, where you are. Fair. That is uh, nine. Nine,
3: nine total, huh? Okay. Cool. And with that, end our sessions slightly okay. early for the evening. And I thank everybody for listening tonight, listening in. Mourners of Lazar, appreciate everybody for listening and. Let's do
1: a roll call. I'm Kevin, and I played Rascal.
2: I'm Michael. And I'm Ernesto, and I played Truco. Thank you for listening.
1: And
3: I'm your Dungeon Master still, Philip. And good night, everyone.
2: Dun, dun, dun. Have good
3: night.